Free Podcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia. And I'm Janet, calling it in from Toronto. So today we are getting to our special, uh, what would you call it, special series? Yeah, well, actually, I feel like you should introduce this because this was your idea. Okay. Give us some background on what this is and how it came to be. Okay. I decided that, well, this actually came to be because of conversations you and I had uh, during the Oscars, not the most recent ones, but the ones two years ago. And I was really frustrated with not just the Oscars, all the awards. I was very frustrated with the fact that Casey Affleck kept winning everything. And I mean, granted, I know he's winning for a performance in a movie and not for who he is in real life. But it was still very frustrating considering the um, allegations, accusations, whatever you want to call them, uh, happening around him at the time. And it just, well, it wasn't frustrating just me. This obviously became a giant movement. Um, But it was very frustrating that he's getting rewarded for bad behavior. Because, I mean, the, the accusations were from movie sets, you know? It was in work situations. this is all allegedly regardless of what we believe right um it's all alleged i don't i just don't want anyone to start shooting lawsuits at us oh god (laughs) you know like who knows right i don't want anyone coming at us for any reason you know we should preface it with it's all alleged you know nothing yeah so but i still found it frustrating (laughs) So I thought it would be fun to have a series where we take away, quote unquote, take away the Oscar performances of some men who it has now been brought to light, behave quite poorly, allegedly. Right. Alleged perverts. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so, yeah, so we're starting with um, Dustin Hoffman, who won an Oscar for his performance in Rain Man. I know. And it's so funny because I didn't even realize that Oscar, or Oscar, that uh, Dustin Hoffman is 81 years old. I know. I feel like we're such bitches. Oh, no. And we're taking away this 81-year-old man's Oscar because he's an alleged pervert. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think age really matters because, quite frankly, I think Bill Cosby should be behind bars. This is my opinion only, not the opinion of anybody else around me. <laughs> did, you, but did you realize that Dustin Hoffman is 81? No, I had not realized how old he was in this movie either. I had completely forgotten that there was such a giant age difference between him and Tom Cruise. Yeah, like Dustin Hoffman is old as hell. <laughs> like, I really didn't realize that he was so old. I mean, not that he, it's not like he's 200 years old <laughs> or something, right? But I was, I just didn't realize he was 81 because I feel like he still works, doesn't he? I don't know. I don't know the last time I saw him in something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I guess that's irrelevant that he's 81. (laughs) It blew my mind. 
Yeah, maybe um, the way you're harping on how old he is might sound pitchy, but (laughs) 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 poor old man. (laughs) Yeah, so my quick history with the movie is I saw it for the first time two years ago. I was a bit young when it came out. Um, I think it would have been pretty over my head at the time in a lot of ways. It was one that was always kind of on my radar and I had always meant to watch it and just kind of never got around to it. Wouldn't have even been allowed to go to the movie theater to no. go watch it when this movie came out because it came out uh, thirty years ago in nineteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. So you would have been like what six years old or something? No, eight. Eight. You would have been eight years old. So you pro- they wouldn't have even let you into the theater. Like my parents wouldn't have let me go the first time that I went to the movies without them. I was either twelve or thirteen. And I was going with my older sister and older cousins. I I can't remember if you were there. I think I know Nancy was. And like I we had to fight so hard for them to let me go. Yeah, so Rain Man would not have been on the table for you. No. It would have been an impossibility. But I understand you did see it in the theater. Yes. So I was I'm older than you. I'm totally going to date myself here. So I was 16 when this movie came out. And I do remember going to the movie theater with a friend of mine to watch it because Tom Cruise was like a Mm -hmm. big deal in the 80s. And he was a super heartthrob, right? So I was in that age, in that right age range of liking Tom Cruise, right? So that was why I went to see it. Yeah, so, you know, like, I was there when it came out. I did go watch it. And the interesting thing watching it now, because I watched it in 1988 and I hadn't seen this movie since. Right. So that's 30 years that I haven't watched this movie. So watching it again uh, two weeks ago, I really felt that this movie has not aged well, especially sort of based on the climate that we live in now, the social climate, I felt that this movie doesn't translate well to 2018. And we can get into that, but that was my takeaway from watching it now. Okay. That's interesting because, I mean, having only watched it for the first time in 2016 and then again yesterday, I thought it was good. I I mean, it's dated to me in the sense that it looks dated. Tom Cruise looks like he's from the 80s. (laughs) But I thought it was good. I think that it had a good story arc, I guess, would be the way to describe it. Yeah, I enjoyed it still. For me, it's interesting because I was such a Tom Cruise fan at that age. And I enjoyed the movie so much (laughs) going to see it when it came out. And... You know, I am old, right? I mean, a lot of people, when they see something at that age, like there's that intense nostalgia that sticks with you. And even if something doesn't age well, people often will still have that nostalgia towards something and they don't realize that something hasn't aged well. Mm -hmm. But for me, I was like, (laughs) I was really, yeah, it was weird watching it and having the reaction that I had because I was like, wow, I can't believe that I liked this (laughs) when it came out and I'm watching it now and I wanted to punch it in the face. Like if this movie was a person, 
I would have punched it in the face repeatedly. Okay, but what do you mean? I mean, like, you're not supposed to like Tom Cruise's character at first. He's an ass. No, it's the movie in general. It doesn't translate well. Like, the language, like, the way they refer to him. Okay, like, yes, that's use true. the word retard so much. Like, it's difficult to watch that now. Like, you cringe watching that. Yes. And I get it, you know, back in 1988, it was perfectly ex- acceptable to use that word. I mean, I don't want to get into it because I'm not a psychologist and I don't know, I'm not an, an expert on autism, but... Even watching it in that sense, it's just like, wow. Like, did they do any research on autism, like, when they wrote this movie 30 years ago? Because the whole thing felt really insensitive, and it's not just because of Tom Cruise's character being an insensitive asshole. It felt insensitive the way they handled the movie in general. And watching it, like, that was what resonated with me. Okay. I agree with your point that the words, the language they use is no longer appropriate. I watched the Blu-ray edition that was like a special, I don't know, 15th anniversary or something like that. So I watched a couple of the extra features on it, which included interviews with a couple of the gentlemen, the autistic men who Dustin Hoffman had met with to do research for this movie. He was meeting with autistic men for a year before shooting. So there was extensive research. They spoke with people who work with autistic people. There there was actually a ton of research into autism. And on top of that, the Dustin Hoffman character is not representative of every autistic person, of course. He's also a specific kind, the savant, right? And so I'm actually surprised to hear you say that because... Well, while watching, I was cringing a bit and I was like, Ugh, is this realistic? I'm not sure because I don't know a lot about autism. And that's why I watched the extra features too. And so I was kind of like relieved, let's say, to hear that they did do a lot of research. There were interviews with the men who, one of them, Dustin Hoffman sounds exactly like him. So it's clear that he was trying to, I don't, I don't know if imitates the right word, but you know, that that was his inspiration. Okay. Because I feel like we could talk about this maybe as we get into our podcast. So maybe let's pull it back a bit and like go into uh, like box office and stuff like that if you want. Sure. Okay. So. <laughs> do you want me to do box office? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> okay. So uh, the budget was $25 million. And worldwide, it made $355 million. It was Ooh. popular. It was, yeah, it made a lot of money. And it was popular when it came out. I mean, it won four Oscars. Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it was kind of like a word of mouth thing. Apparently, it started off quite slow and wasn't doing as well as they had hoped initially. And then it was getting like good buzz and people were talking about it. And it just kind of kept steadily increasing. It was released in December of 1988, so they released it right before the Christmas season, which typically when, you know, when studios release a movie in December, like, the expectation is going to be that you're, that it's going to be popular. Which, to me, makes it even more interesting that it took a little while to get popular, to gain popularity. Okay. All right. Well, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do you like podcasts? Do you like movies? Of course you do. 
The Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, is a great place to find your next favorite podcast about movies. Be sure to check out Bollywood is for Lovers, hosted by Matt Bowen and Aaron Fraser. The show is so fun and engaging, and Matt and Aaron are so knowledgeable about Bollywood and all cinema that we'll forgive Aaron for liking Keanu Reeves. Listen to Bollywood is for Lovers, along with so many other great shows, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I'll do a quick synopsis of the movie. Yeah, sure. When a selfish yuppie's father dies and leaves a fortune to his savant brother and only a pittance to him, he kidnaps his brother and takes him on a cross-country road trip to try and get the inheritance. I mean, that character is an absolute piece of garbage at the beginning of the movie. Which character? Tom Cruise's character. Tom Cruise's character. Yeah. Like, he Uh, literally kidnaps his autistic brother. It's horrendous. Yeah, the Tom Cruise character uh, is definitely, like, that's the other thing. He's hard to watch. Yeah. In 2018, that character was really difficult for me to watch. He Mm -hmm. is a misogynistic asshole. Yeah, just despicable. I mean, you know, you watch the way he treats that woman who's in his life. And it's just like, this guy is so misogynistic. You know, again, like... Watching it in 1988, I mean, I I didn't know what a misogynist was. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly, watching it, it was like, oh, Tom Cruise, he's so charming, and he's like, look at this character, he's just so uh, aggressive, and you know. But it was, I don't know, it wasn't negative, but yeah, his character is just despicable. Sure. <laughs> Do you want to get into the recasting now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on? We already talked about the fact that it was nominated for four Oscars. No, sorry, it won four Oscars. Right. Uh, So it won for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Director, and then obviously it won uh, Dustin Hoffman Best Actor in a Lead Role. Yeah, it did very well. And Tom Cruise wasn't even nominated, right? No, he wasn't. No. Okay. We decided to only recast the Dustin Hoffman character. I really, well, I mean, Tom Cruise's character is despicable, but I think he played it very well. And I also think Valeria Golino is great. So I'm happy to just recast Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So because we were just doing the one person, I do have a few choices. My number one choice is Robert Duvall from The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Days of Thunder. I think he's just a good actor all around. And I really think that he could have handled this role. I mean, it's obviously a challenging one. And even, I think maybe this movie wouldn't be made today. Do you know what I mean? Um, Oh, definitely. Yeah. This movie would not be made today, like, at all. Yeah, exactly. But thinking back in 1988, Robert Duvall was 57, which is a little older. Dustin Hoffman was 51. I think that he would have been able to do a good job and to do it respectfully. The other ones are, I probably should just stick with the one because maybe these ones are a little weird. My next one is Ian McKellen from Lord of the Rings and from oh, X-Men. Okay. Um, he would have been 49 at the time. So right around the same age as Dustin Hoffman. And apart from the fact that he's British, I don't know that it would be easy to explain that he's British and his brother isn't. <laughs> um, I think he'd be so good. He's just so wonderful. He delights me at every turn. And uh, the next one is Christopher Plummer, who was also a little older than Dustin Hoffman. He was 59 at the time. Uh, He's from Beginners and All the Money in the World. And The Sound of Music, of course. (laughs) And yeah, he is just a stellar actor. I think, to me, 
He can do no wrong. He is perfect in every way. I really, really love Christopher Plummer. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I had one where, okay, so I'm just going to, full disclosure here, I recast this. I started r jotting down some ideas of people before I rewatched the movie. And so I couldn't remember if I knew that Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise had the same father. I couldn't remember if they had the same mother or not. Uh, yeah, they, do. they do. They do. Yes, I learned that afterwards, which yeah. is why I then crossed out Morgan Freeman. Because <laughs> I, I think that'd be a tough one to explain. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, at first I thought maybe they had different mothers. And so like, you know, it could it could work. But I guess okay. not. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. So it sounds like you went with all, like, older-ish actors for your recasts of Dustin Hoffman. Is yes. that fair to say? Yep. Okay. So let me ask you this, though. When you were watching the movie, did you not feel that Dustin Hoffman was probably too old to play this role in the first place? Well, I think that was the point, is that... He was an adult, and Tom Cruise was a baby, and that's why Tom Cruise doesn't remember him. Right. But, like, right off the top, don't you think that that was a mistake that they made with the movie? Uh, I didn't think that. Because, see, I did. So you think that there shouldn't have been much of an age difference well, between them? I, no, I think that there could have been an age difference, but I think that the age difference was too much. Okay. And, again, like, that's something that watching it when you're 16... Like, you don't pay attention to any of that, right? You just accept the fact that, oh, here's a big Hollywood movie, and it's Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise, right? Mm -hmm. Watching it now, I was like, why is there this huge age gap between these two characters? And, like, why did this even happen in the first place? What do you like, mean, why did this happen? Like, why well, did why, the parents like, have did, kids 25 years apart? No, I mean, why was this a choice that the filmmakers decided to even make, to have such a big age gap between the two leads? Like, did they write the story that way in the first place, or did they tweak it because they wanted, like, these two people for the roles? Because I don't know if you saw this when you were doing research on the movie, but initially... They wanted Bill Murray for the role of Raymond. Oh, that's not what I saw. Oh, okay. Well, when I went into Wikipedia for Rain Man, it said that initially they wanted Bill Murray for the role of Raymond, right? And that um, Dustin Hoffman was going to play Charlie Babbitt. But isn't Dustin Hoffman older than Bill Murray? Uh, yeah, he is. Exactly. Okay, so it was going to be a completely different movie. That much of a, there isn't that much of an age difference between them is what I'm saying. So if that was originally what they wanted to do, don't you think it's weird that they ended up with this? Okay, so I had seen that Dustin Hoffman was originally going to play Charlie. Right. Um, and then he wanted to play Raymond is how I read it. Uh, like, I don't know why it's his decision, but anyway, and then, um, and then that he wanted Bill Murray to play Charlie. Well, that's, I don't know. So who do we blame? <laughs> Damn you, Wikipedia and IMDb. <laughs> like, okay. Well, anyway, um, different information, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. My point is 
trying to say, though? Like, do you get my point? Yes, but so my point is, or sorry, what I'm thinking, if the younger character was going to be the autistic character, then it wouldn't make sense that the older character wouldn't remember him. Yeah, but I mean, if you're looking at Bill Murray and Dustin Hoffman, what I'm saying is that you're not going to look at those two actors and be like, oh, there's like this giant age gap. Like you wouldn't necessarily know which one is older and which one is younger. You're just going to know that there's not a huge age gap between these two brothers. Whereas like when you look at Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman in this movie, it's obvious that there's a huge age gap between them. Yeah, it didn't bother me. I okay. I was well, fine it with it. Me. I thought that that casting them like this, like I thought that in itself didn't make any sense whatsoever. Okay. And I was like, no, I'm not down with this. This is stupid. First of all, Tom Cruise looks so young in the movie. <laughs> and I mean, I get it. Like, you know, he was probably about 25 years old yeah. when they filmed it, right? And that was one thing that really jumped out at you is like, wow, Tom Cruise was this young one? <laughs> like, his face is just so young. Like, yeah. it was wild. But, um, yeah, for me, that was like a huge, that in itself was just, I was finding that hard to believe watching it now. I was like, this is bullshit. Like, Tom Cruise and him, there's no way these guys would be brothers. So that in itself, I found that hard to believe right off the bat. Okay, I'll say this. I think, I'm probably also just not good at determining ages. I didn't think that Dustin Hoffman looked 51. I certainly didn't think they looked similar in age. To me, it looked like they had maybe like a 15-year age difference, more or less, which is not crazy. I know people who have that kind of age gaps between their siblings. Um, So it wasn't that crazy for me to comprehend. And on top of it all, I also feel like having had an autistic son in the, what would that be, like, let's say 40s, 30s, when was Dustin Hoffman born, uh, would also be extremely challenging and would maybe also make sense that they would not have had another child too quickly. So I was, I was fine with it. Okay. I feel like we're getting like super like (laughs) off topic and boring. And maybe that's my fault because (laughs) of the the age difference. Whoever's listening to this probably doesn't give a shit about where we're going with this (laughs) at this point, like in terms of the age. So do you want to say anything else about the casting? Yes, I had one more. Okay. Uh, Mia Farrow. I... For what? What? Mia Farrow? For what? What do you mean? For Raymond. Obviously, the name would be different. It wouldn't be Raymond. But yeah, why couldn't it be a brother and sister? Okay. She is a little younger. So to me, she is more the age that I thought Dustin Hoffman was when I was watching the movie. She is 43 at the time. I know it's strange, especially... Like, I didn't, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to do that because at first I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's the relationship between brothers, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that that matters. I think it would have been fine as a brother and sister. Okay. Is there anyone else that you want to cast or? <laughs> I think I've done enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that that's all of them. <laughs> Sorry? That, that was all of them. Okay. So I only had 
one actor uh, for the Dustin Hoffman character. And again, like, I'm going to go back to this about the age difference. I really felt it was too big. That was a casting choice that, that they made because they wanted Tom Cruise was popular in the 80s. So they wanted to throw him in there to make it more of an appeal. They wanted to bank on his popularity. Who knows? I, I know we're not recasting the Tom Cruise role, but I just didn't. I wasn't buying it. So anyway, for Justin Hoffman, I chose somebody who was a little bit younger. Not a lot, but I selected John Malkovich. Oh, okay. John Malkovich is an amazingly talented, gifted actor. Mm-hmm. And you know what? In my opinion, I actually think he would have done a better job than Dustin Hoffman. I get that Dustin Hoffman won an Oscar for this, and I don't want to... Even though we are taking away his offer. <laughs> um, I don't want to shit on his performance right. completely because it was a good performance. You know, watching it, there were certain parts where I was like, to me, it did feel like a caricature almost. Okay. Certain parts of it just didn't seem believable. And I get what you're saying. You watch the features or the extras or whatever. And I... I believe, of course, that they did a lot of research, okay? I believe that they did their due diligence, absolutely. If they hadn't done their due diligence, they would have been shredded. <laughs> like, even back then, people yeah. would have come for them, I think right? so, yeah. So, absolutely. When you're dealing with a sensitive topic, you have to do your research. Yes. Um, and, of course, like, for Dustin Hoffman, he would have had to have done his research as an actor and interview people, spent time with people. But to me, it was like an... I felt like it was an imitation of something that I was watching. I liked his performance, but, like, I feel like John Malkovich probably could have done a better job I agree than Dustin Hoffman did I think John Malkovich is just a better actor than Dustin Hoffman I agree with that too I think um, that's an excellent choice he absolutely would have done a better job and I do think that Dustin Hoffman's performance was good but I also do think that John Malkovich could have done it I, I agree that it was a bit like a caricature and John Malkovich would not have done that yeah like I feel like John Malkovich would have maybe approached it differently and I'm again like I don't want to make it sound like Dustin Hoffman didn't approach it in a respectful way I'm sure he did it in as respectful of a manner as he knew how to do you know watching it the language and everything I get that 30 years later we speak differently and we treat things differently of course right mm -hmm. but like I didn't watch Dustin Hoffman's performance and go oh wow yeah he was amazing like I'm sure he deserved the Oscar at the time compared to whoever he was up against I didn't see who the other nominees were that year so I don't know who he was competing against mm -hmm. for the Oscar and let's face it any actor who takes a role like this is expecting to win an Oscar <laughs> <laughs> like no actor takes a role like this and is sitting there just going yeah I'm just gonna do this because it's challenging Bullshit. You want that Oscar. Like, <laughs> totally. Yeah, um, but do you know that three weeks into shooting, Dustin Hoffman told the director, he said, get Richard Dreyfus," Because <laughs> he was saying that 
Um, he didn't think that he was doing good work. He was stressed out that he was not giving a good performance. Oh, well, you know what? Then I agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he should have followed his instincts yeah, and left the project. Absolutely. There you go, Dustin Hoffman. So I'm not saying anything that you didn't think yourself. Yeah, I think just John Malkovich in general is a better actor than Dustin Hoffman. You know, I'm reiterating myself here. And that age difference between him and Tom Cruise wouldn't have punched me in the face <laughs> as hard as it did. And it's not unheard of. Of course, there's lots of times that there's like a, an age gap between siblings, right? But I just think that the age gap between John Malkovich and Tom Cruise would not have been as obvious. Mm -hmm. What is that age gap? John Malkovich is 64 years old. So he's eight years older than Tom Cruise. Okay. Yeah, so that was my pick. Okay. I really like that. I think John Malkovich is an excellent choice. He's such a great actor. I know. Did you know, fun fact about John Malkovich, do you know that he has never won an Oscar? <gasps> no. He's been nominated twice for Academy Awards, but John Malkovich Ugh. does not have an Oscar. That's criminal. What the hell? Yeah. Right? I couldn't believe, I was actually really shocked to learn that. I thought for sure he had one. John Malkovich is just one of those actors that he's so quietly brilliant Yes. that I almost feel like we just take him for granted. I think you're right. Do you know any of the other actors who were potential Raymond characters? Well, I told you the one and you like practically beat me over the head. Thank goodness we're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I told you Bill Murray. Right, right. The only one that was the only one I saw. Okay, I also saw that Jack Nicholson and Robert De Niro turned it down. Which I honestly can't picture either of them in that role. No, of course not. And, and not to say that they're bad actors or anything, they're great, but yeah, I really can't picture that. No, no. Oh, you know what? I can't believe I didn't bring this up sooner, sorry. I should have looked at my notes. I think you're 100% right on the age gap thing because I read that the script was originally written with Dennis and Randy Quaid in mind. So then why were you fighting me earlier? No, I was just saying I believed it. I didn't know what the intentions were. Okay. I wrote this okay. down, but I forgot. This is my brain. <laughs> yeah, your brain. Yeah, you're right. You are lucky that we're not in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I would have punched you in the face Okay, so yes, it was written with brothers in mind who probably are only a handful of years apart. I actually didn't check into their age gap. But can we also just kind of focus on that for a second? Randy Quaid was going to be Charlie in the writer's mind. Yeah, well... That's ridiculous. I mean, you know, but this also goes back to my point that I made originally that they looked at this and they went, oh, wouldn't it be great if we cast Tom Cruise? <laughs> Tom Cruise was like, his career was on fire at this point, right? He was a big commodity in Hollywood. And so to me, that's how it felt. It was like, okay, let's cast the biggest actor that we can think of in Hollywood right now. That's Tom Cruise. And then let's cast Dustin Hoffman, regardless of whether they were suitable for the roles or not. And it didn't feel right to me. And so that kind of proves my theory or my original point. Yeah, here's the thing. That's fine. It wasn't 
initially intended to be brothers with a giant age gap, but that's what it ended up being. And that isn't one of the things that bothered me. So, okay. yeah. So what did bother you? Nothing, actually. I think it's a great movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I really do. I mean, I forgive the language they use because at the time this was made, that was acceptable language. So yeah, it, it does make you cringe nowadays. It made me cringe watching it. That's fine. But I put it into its context and I can forgive that. And I think everybody turned in a good performance. I really do. Okay. So I'm going to tell you some of the things that I didn't like about the movie. Sure. Now, now we'll get into that part of the podcast. <laughs> and you tell me what you thought of these things. Okay. So the fact that they cast... I mean, Valeria Golina, or Val, what was her name? Yeah. Okay. She plays Tom Cruise's girlfriend in the movie. She was fine, whatever. But, like, weren't you sitting there going, why does he have an Italian girlfriend? Like, it seemed so random. Like, that. What? you were okay with that? I have a Mexican husband. Like, what does that mean? Why does he what have an Italian girlfriend? No. Does you having a Mexican husband have to do with his girlfriend being Italian in the movie? But that's my point is like, why does it matter that his girlfriend is Italian? He's selling Ferraris. He probably met her in Italy. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, no, but what's the problem with it? The problem is that it's like, why did Woody Harrelson have an Australian wife in three billboards? That's different. Ebbing, Missouri and Los Angeles, California is not the same thing. Okay, that's, you know what, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> I thought the casting, that's fine that she was Italian, but it just seemed really random. I was like, why? It why? wasn't random. It was so that, apparently, it was so that Tom Cruise could have to explain things to her and have exposition. Like, explain things culturally or something? I don't know. This is what I read, and that didn't make sense to me, so that's why I hadn't mentioned it before. But apparently that was why. Okay. So, moving on, uh, what else did I not like about this? Okay, the kissing scene. I hated that. When Tom Cruise's girlfriend is in the elevator with Raymond, and she stops the elevator, and she kisses Raymond. Yes. Did you... You didn't have a problem with that. I hated that. That I did forget to mention that. That's the only part of the movie that I hated because it wasn't just what she was doing. It was also the way she was behaving. To me, it was super inappropriate. It was predatory. It was gross. Yeah, like that might be the only thing that you and I agree upon because I felt that watching that scene today... That scene made me really uncomfortable. There was something super creepy about that scene. Mm -hmm. It felt like she was exploiting him yes. in some way. And watching that, I was like, wow, like 30 years ago, like people saw that scene and they, you know, I'm sure a lot of people were like, oh, that's so sweet that she was doing that. Exactly. But watching it now, I was like, that's gross. Yeah. Like there's something wrong with that. And it's making me feel really uncomfortable yeah i will agree on that one i did hate that yay we found some common ground <laughs> yeah that was uh those were the only things that sort of uh, okay and what i i just kept writing down tom cruise's hair is amazing in this movie <laughs> oh yeah the hair bothered oh, me that, a lot <laughs> that 80s hair was like just fabulous <laughs> I don't know if it's like, I mean, I was, 
alive at this time. It's like I remember it at the time. But looking back on those types of hairstyles and even the clothing styles and things like that, I can't get on board. It honestly made me not even be able to look at Tom Cruise as a good looking man in that movie. That awful haircut was just too much for me. Yeah, yeah, the hair was, was fun. <laughs> but I mean, those are things that you kind of look at and you go, ah, the 80s. And right. That's, that was the 80s. Like, that was the fun part of actually watching it. And all the payphones. I love oh. that. Like, that's where you're really watching it and you're like, wow, this movie's so old. Because he kept having to, like, stop at all these payphones yeah. to phone his guy in Los Angeles. And it's just like this movie is hilarious yeah yeah it's so 80s yeah it's funny how many like especially in sitcoms but also in movies how many plot points can be solved just by cell phones now exactly spiders are scary investing shouldn't be whatever your future holds atb prosper can get you there it's simple it's personalized and it's all manageable through your digital dashboard visit atbprosper.com it's not scary promise did you know that this was Hans Zimmer's first Hollywood movie as the composer? No, I didn't. But the soundtrack was actually, I would say the soundtrack is like the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very good. Really, it has a really good soundtrack. Like I actually remember buying the soundtrack. For oh, really? Movie. Wow. Yeah, I had it. And even watching it now, like that was one thing, like 30 years later, I was like, I still like the music in this movie. I still yeah. enjoy this soundtrack. Yeah. That translated well, I yeah. thought. Okay. The ratings for the movie on IMDb, you're so in tune with IMDb. They gave it a 65. <laughs> and then Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 89. What do you mean I'm so in tune with IMDb? I feel like usually when there's a big difference between the IMDb rating and the Rotten Tomatoes rating, you tend to be on the same side as IMDb. Compliment, or are you yes. insulting me? No. <laughs> it was a the difference right now. It was a backhanded compliment. No, no, it was it was a compliment for sure. In fact, oh, okay. it's probably a big compliment because since we started the podcast, I've been hearing lots of really bad things about Rotten Tomatoes and how a lot of people are super angry with the way that things are rated on it. So, in fact, it's probably a big compliment. So, we're going to move on to our next segment. If it works. Oh, no. Our next segment is silence. It is. Why? Okay. Do you want to sing? No, I don't. Ugh. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Now it's time for our next segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It is time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza. Where is the music? What happened? I don't know. It's not working. It is the segment where we recast Tony Danza into this movie. So, Janet, do you want to go first on this one? Yes. <laughs> I would have recast Tony Danza as Charlie Babbitt. No, you wouldn't. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay. I want to see what Charlie Babbitt would look like if Tony Danza played him. Wow. I, I want to see that performance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am normally up for Tony Danza playing anything, but I'm I'm not gonna lie, I'm struggling with this one. Would Maybe it be Tony Danza would actually make Charlie Babbitt a likable character? Yeah, but he's not supposed to be likable. Maybe Tony Danza would make him likable. 
homeboy. That's the power of Tony Danza. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's why I'm also, like, kind of struggling with it is he's not supposed to be likable. And I think Tony can't not be likable. <laughs> well, maybe that's something we just haven't seen yet. Maybe <laughs> um, Tony Danza hasn't been given that opportunity to play a misogynistic asshole. Oh, you know what, though? I think his character in the new Netflix show is not supposed to be the nicest. <laughs> is not supposed to be likable? Right. I'm not sure. I don't think so, though. He's like a fallen cop. That Fallen isn't the right word. What's the word? when A disgraced cop? Corrupt? Yeah, but one who's been in jail and is no longer a cop. Uh, well, that, some people might say that's a sexy cop. <laughs> <laughs> it is when Tony Danza plays him. Right, right. <laughs> okay, well, I cast him as, I don't know the character's name, but the doctor who ran the Walbrook home where oh, right, where right, Raymond right. lived. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think he would have been really great in that role. And that was a likable character, so I can picture it more easily. <laughs> I, I could picture Tony Danza in that role as well, for sure. I yeah. mean, but then he wouldn't be playing against type. Like, no. he'd be playing just good old Tony Danza. That is true. He would, yeah. Okay. And so that does it for our Rain Man talk, I think, unless you have anything else? No, I mean, I've told you I didn't think this movie was good 30 years later. I didn't enjoy it, but it's yeah. just me, obviously. It's probably I'm not sure. just you. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that still think this movie is the balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, they watch it and they're like, yeah, Rain Man, whoa! But, <laughs> I just, like, I thought that when I first watched it. When I first watched this movie at 16, I was like, yeah, Rain Man is the best. And now watching it, 30 years later, I'm like, what am I watching right now? Yeah, I just couldn't get into it. It wasn't just the fact that they used the word. Like, I don't want to sound like I'm some sort of snowflake, as a lot of people like to use that term nowadays. I'm not a snowflake by any means, okay? Uh, and I didn't only not like it because they used the word retard so many times, and I found that offensive. Because I get what you're saying absolutely in 1988 it was perfectly acceptable to say that word in fact it was funny like you know well, people yeah. laughed at that and they thought it was hilarious and so i get that like something like that you maybe it's not fair to judge it entirely on that and i'm not basing my opinion on that you know, I went through everything that I didn't like about it, mm -hmm. but just in general, like, it didn't hold up for me. And a lot of it definitely was the casting. That was yeah. one of my top three biggest problems with this movie was asking me to believe that Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman are supposed to be brothers when there's like this giant age gap. Like for me, that was a hurdle. I could not get over that. Clearly you still can't get over it. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with it. Like I didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. I feel strongly about that. Absolutely. That's fine. Sorry. I mean, we're not, we're not supposed to agree, Lucia. Like, yeah, I mean, no, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's okay that we don't. In fact, maybe people will actually listen to this and go, oh, this is an interesting pod this month. There was some actual discourse between us this time. 
Yeah, we don't agree that often, though, don't you think? I don't know. I, I guess not. I'll say, like, in terms of whether the movie was good or not, I feel like we don't agree very often on that. And that brings us into our last segment just perfectly, <laughs> which is our... I'm not fighting with you about Kingsman. No, that's like, fine. We're not getting into that. That's Sorry, fine. I'm not, I'm not fighting. You're kind of getting ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. Um, okay, so now it's time for us to talk about our movie challenge. We did watch some movies this month that we can talk about quickly. I did see Kingsman, as Janet mentioned. Overall, I think it was okay. I didn't hate it, but I did hate some parts of it. And it was definitely just too gory for me. And I know that that was a choice and that was on purpose and that's fine. I had to literally close my eyes during the church scene where everybody's killing each other. Right. That is just a personal thing that I don't like to look at. And so, so yeah, so that was where I struggled a lot. And then I also watched Snowpiercer, which had a little bit of the same problem. It was pretty violent, although that one felt not gratuitous. The violence felt very important to the story and it let very necessary. And I thought it was an excellent movie. I like, I don't know, you were saying before I watched it, you're like, you're probably going to hate it. But I thought it was really great. Yeah. Okay. It's certainly not my style of movie, and I probably would not have watched it on my own without you suggesting it, but it was a very well done movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I think it's really good. Mm -hmm. I did have, like, early on, I did have kind of the same struggle that I had with Okja in that the tone was kind of uneven. Like, there was this these weird, broad, comedic strokes alongside these crazy dark, heavy themes, but by the end of the movie, I was fully on board. Yeah, what did you think of Tilda Swinton in it? <laughs> Why those teeth? Why? Yeah, I know, she, I love this, like, <laughs> the, I love that she always has, like, these crazy, messed up teeth in, like, all of his movies. Yeah, it's a strange <laughs> choice, and I don't know if it's her choice or the director's or what, but she was amazing, as always. Tilda Swinton can yeah. do no wrong. The, um, what did you think of uh, Jamie Bell? Who's Jamie Bell? No, what did you think of him? I don't know who that is. Oh, my God. You're kidding me. Uh, sorry. How do you not know who Jamie Bell is? Is that Billy Elliot? How can you have a podcast and not know who Jamie Bell is? <laughs> is it Billy Elliot or no? Pardon? Is it Billy Elliot? Yes. Okay. Uh, sorry, I don't always know names. <laughs> Did you notice he was even in it? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, he was, well, that's why I said Billy Elliot. I thought he was great in it, but he wasn't in it very long. Yeah, but isn't he so good in it? Yeah, he is. He's really good. Yeah. Jamie Bell, to me, is one of these actors who should have such a big career, and he doesn't. Yeah. Like, I think he is so underrated as an actor. It's true. And even, you know, I brought up Billy Elliot because that was a huge role for him. And after that, I'm surprised that we didn't see him everywhere. He's just so talented. Like, Jamie Bell is someone who I, you know, a lot of the times when I'm recasting, like, I want to put him somewhere because I feel like he's, he should be doing more than he actually does. And mm -hmm. I don't know if that's a conscious decision on his part. Like, I wonder if he's just very selective with um, the projects 
that he decides to attach himself to or if it's that, you know, there's lack of opportunity there. I don't know. I've always wondered that about him. You'll have to put a couple more of his movies on my list because I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Yeah. I want Jamie Bell to come on our podcast. Well, maybe he's listening. Hey, Jamie Bell, yeah. get in touch. <laughs> I do. Like, I, that is one thing that I would love to, like, just sit here and, like, do a deep dive into, into his career and ask him those questions because... I mean, there's a few actors that I feel that way about, but mm-hmm. I really feel that way about him. He's such a talent, and we just don't see enough of him, I think. Okay. Okay, so that those were the two movies that I watched since our last mm-hmm. podcast. What did you watch? Uh, I watched Other People. Okay. And that was a Netflix movie that you had suggested that I watch. Molly Shannon was in it. It's kind of, like, it's funny, but there's also, it's, it felt a bit heavy as yeah. well, the subject matter. So I would not classify it as a feel-good movie, um, necessarily, even though it has, like, some, it has some humorous moments. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's good. It's solid. Like, I thought the performances, everyone who was in it gave some really solid performances. Yeah. yeah but... It's not a feel-good movie. No. No, it's not. No, um, it's not. Molly Shannon pretty much blew me away in it, though. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, Molly Shannon. She's, she is. She's so good. Sorry, yeah, we're now... We keep going to say the same thing, I think, is that she's great. <laughs> yeah, she is. She is. She's really good. She's, I think, underappreciated. Yeah. Because, yeah, this was not... The usual silly comedy that she does, and I'm not putting those down. I like her silly comedies, but she was a tour de force in this. I was very, very impressed. Yeah, I think Molly Shannon is capable of, like, a spectrum. Maybe she's not given those opportunities. Like, I always wonder, like, with certain actors, are they given the opportunities and they just pass? On a lot of stuff, because a lot of stuff that comes their way is just, like, garbage (laughs) and not worth their time. I don't know. Molly Shannon, please come on the show. (laughs) (laughs) Molly Shannon and Jamie Bell. They will be, uh, we'll have them on as guests. Yes. If they they would like to come on. (laughs) Yeah. We'll ask them. (laughs) Please contact us. We are at repodcasting on social media. Um, okay, so uh, what is your next movie for the movie challenge? Do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Did you give me one? <laughs> I did. <laughs> what was it? You always forget. I gave you Drinking Buddies. Oh, you know what? I've actually seen that. Oh, you have? Yes. Olivia Wilde is in that, right? You're right. Yes. I have seen that movie before, so you might want to give me a different one. <laughs> okay. Have yeah. you seen Remember with Christopher Plummer? Is that the one with you and McGregor? No, that's Beginners. Oh, uh, remember? No, I've never seen that. Okay, it's heavy, <laughs> okay. but it's very good. So uh, that's your next movie. Okay. Is this an older movie? No, it's actually from the past few years. I forget when exactly, but maybe like 2015 or 16. Okay, okay. Yeah. And then my next movie is, well, I have a few, so I'm going to let you decide which is my next one. Oh, I don't know. I'll email you. Okay. Because I don't have a 
list in front of me right now. So okay. I'll just message you that privately. How's that? Okay. It'll, It'll be, be a surprise. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> listeners. I'm sure everyone is on the edge of their seats. <laughs> oh, I'm sure people are just like, they cannot wait until next month to hear about the movie that Lucia watched. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> okay. Well, again, we are repodcasting on social media. Feel free to reach out. You can also email us at repodcasting at gmail.com. We still have yet to get a listener email, and uh, I might cry on the next episode if we still haven't gotten one. Well, I want to, just before we uh, say goodbye, I quickly want to give one of our listeners... A huge, loving shout-out. Mm-hmm. She's actually a friend of, of Lucia's. <laughs> Her name is Marjorie. And I have never met Marjorie personally. But I just want to give uh, Marjorie a shout-out. Because Marjorie is amazing. She listens to all of our podcasts. She engages on all of our social media, especially Facebook. And, you know, it's really, when you're doing something like this that is genuinely a labor of love, for us, it's a mm-hmm. passion. I mean, this, we can't even really call this a side hustle. But we do this because we like doing it, and we're passionate about film. And so when you're doing something like this in your own time, and you have someone who is really supportive and really encouraging and is as enthusiastic as Marjorie is, that means so much to us because that's really what keeps us going is knowing that we're not just shouting into a void. Like there is somebody who actually enjoys and appreciates what we're doing. So that means a lot. So thank you, Marjorie. Yay. Thanks, Marjorie. Yay, Marjorie. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Um, and I totally agree with everything that you just said. That was beautiful. <laughs> so you need to, well, since and Marjorie live in the same city. Lucia, you need to buy Marjorie a drink. Okay, sounds good. (laughs) Drinks on Lucia, Marjorie. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, well, thanks to Marjorie and thanks to everyone else who's listening. Oh, our next movie for next month. The episode will be coming out on November 1st. So we wanted to do kind of Halloween-themed-ish, but then we kind of landed on something that is so bad it's scary. And this was Janet's choice, so I'll let you say. We thought about doing something that was traditionally Halloween-themed, but then we started talking about bad movies, and I thought of one that I had seen recently that was so bad, it was scary. (laughs) So it's like an alternative theme to Halloween. Um, So we selected Geostorm. Geostorm! Geostorm, which uh, came out in 2017, uh, starring Gerard Butler. He's a re-podcasting favorite. Yes, and <laughs> James, uh, sorry, Jim Sturgis, and uh, Andy Garcia is in it, Ed Harris. So if you get a chance, please watch Geostorm and join us for that podcast. Okay. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, I think so too. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Yeah. I think we're going to laugh a lot at Geostorm. <laughs> well, I already did laugh a lot at it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I actually convinced my husband to watch that with me, which I was shocked that he agreed to it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then we'll talk about it next month. 
So thanks very much. Thanks, Janet, for joining me on the phone, as always. And thanks to everybody out in the ether. (laughs) Yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.